Welcome back to another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. Once more, we're still in lockdown. I think it's week five now. Matt Kelly's up in uh, Norfolk. Uh, I'm down here in London. Matt, a very good afternoon to you. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Not bad at all. I'll, I'll talk you through some of the things that happened over the last few days later on when we, we do a little bit of a, a corona update, basically. But, uh, yeah. but there's some more exciting news than that to tell you because Pretty Patel literally only a few minutes ago, um, has had an action filed against her uh, by Sir Philip Rutnam. Remember the uh, Home Office yeah. uh, civil servant, the guy who uh, took out um, uh, his, his entire sort of team, basically, and said that she yeah. was a bully. Uh, he, had a pre- he had a press conference on, outside of his house on a Saturday morning. Uh, he's yeah. basically claiming that uh, uh, he was constructively dismissed, but he's also making the Employment Tribunal claim under the whistleblowing law, which basically means that uh, it's not limited uh, in terms of how much he could get, uh, which wow. would normally be about 85000 So he's he's really going for it. Well, she'll have to go. I mean, if he wins that, she's got to go, obviously. And that's the end of her career, isn't it? Well, I suppose so. I mean, the trouble is, right, that uh, under the current circumstances, we're in the middle of this uh, bleeding pandemic, which I'm quite glad we're not talking about yet because there's something else to talk about. But, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's the timing's very weird because, obviously, before coronavirus kind of took hold this was the big story wasn't it this was all about uh, boris johnson standing by pretty patel uh, all about her kind of uh, management style the way that she talks to people you know i came out pretty much more on her side than on his to be honest he came across to me as a bit of a weasel um but you may have a different view Uh, well i do have a different view i mean this guy is a professional civil servant and he's worked with you know countless home secretaries and ministers and all of this so i don't think it's it doesn't seem to me to be to fit the form that he has suddenly, you know, lost his backbone and can't deal with hard work and doesn't, you know, rough words and all of that. There is a there is a line, isn't there, where I think and possibly the line has changed in the last couple of decades, where there's a difference between being assertive and you know even aggressive. Yeah. But the, when it trips over into humiliation and bullying, I think people know the difference now and that's what he's been alleging i think so yeah but what's interesting about some of the things that he said uh, in his press conference which was very elaborate in in my view and very sort of you know flamboyant for somebody who's meant to be a senior civil servant yeah. who we never really ever hear from you know he's a guy yeah. that's taken an awful lot of money out of the public sector you know he's got a gold-plated pension six-figure salary for many many years he's probably got millions in the bank if not certainly one million um, and I think he's been hey, a little hang bit... Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. What? You, you, why, why would this guy have a million quid in the bank? He's been making in excess of 175,000 quid for at least the last <laughs> 10 years, right? Well, he's probably... plenty of people who make that kind of money and they haven't got two farthings to rub together. Well, that's because they're mean, probably it's... sticking it all up their nose or something. <laughs> you know, you North London socialists, you know. And by I the mean, way... I, I see that Keir Starmer has, has come out as even less popular than Jeremy Corbyn in the first uh, in the first just poll. <laughs> just when you thought it was safe to go back into I know, the voting, amazing, eh? But I don't. I mean, if, if your argument, if, if if this is where it's going, is that he's well paid, he should take whatever comes his way. I don't buy into that. I think people. In fact, there's even more case for saying that people at the very top of their game, with lots of experience, deserve dignity and respect and that seems to when he came out that day and i agree with you it was a bizarre press conference it was highly highly unusual but in some ways that kind of reinforced my suspicion that this guy had been driven mad by this 
by, by the circumstances. Yeah, but how about if you look back through his career, he hasn't exactly covered himself in glory. I mean, he, he was largely responsible for the Windrush cock-up, apparently, uh, over was the he? course of, yeah, when he was working with Amber Rudd, because it was his, it was her civil servants, if you remember, who gave her the wrong information, which made, which ended up forcing her to quit as Home Secretary, right. because because right. she got it wrong, because she was given the wrong information. She, she made a, 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 an untruthful statement in Parliament, and he was the right. guy that was at, at the top of that. And apparently during that period of time, he was absent an awful lot, wasn't at meetings. You know, this is if you look into what he's actually been doing over the course yes. of time, you know, he's he's become this kind of, you know, error-strewn character. And I think when he worked in DFID, uh, one of the other departments, he got he cocked something else up as well. So he's not, you know, he's not the kind of the, 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 the gold standard of civil servants by any right. stretch of the imagination. And when I say uh, that he's probably got a million quid in the bank, he's certainly got over a million quid in his pension because he has been getting yeah. a very, very handy, you know, gold-plated, copper-bottom yeah. pension. And I just think yeah. that, you know, at the end of the day, he might be suing Pretty Patel and the government, but if he wins money, it's our money he's going to be asking for, basically. Well, I suppose, that, I suppose that's true. And um, you're right about the pension and these, you know, civil servants have in the past and, you know, continue to have extraordinary... Uh, positive pension schemes, which are basically unaffordable in the real world. So th- th- he's very lucky in that regard. But I still am fascinated to see what comes out because, you know, you've heard this, that and the other. I, I'm very sceptical these days about when gossip comes out about people in the government, about yeah. who's briefing who. You know, I don't, I don't think it's ever black and white. And I, when I saw this guy, he seemed to me to be... Maybe he's incredibly naive about how the press is going to work or, you know, he was incredibly angry and, and was driven to behave in an odd way because of that. But he seemed to me to be a genuine character. Um, so I'll be fascinated to see what yeah. the evidence is. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what we don't know really is how soon it will all get underway. But, I mean, one of the things yeah. that he alleges, of course, is it's not just him that was the victim of bullying, but lots of other people as well. And a, a lot yeah. of this stuff will end up being he said, she said. And I don't think there's any doubt either that he was the one that was briefing the Times about Pretty Patel when the stories first broke. You know, somebody from inside of the civil service was briefing the Times against Pretty Patel, and I'm pretty sure it was him. Well, again, again you, you're, you're, um, I don't know what you base it on, but, I mean, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong, I don't know. I'm sure it'll come out. Um, I think it would be... if he, he didn't look to me to be a man who had, was, had just been caught mm. red-handed. He looked to me like a... An outrage. We've all had that feeling when you've been accused of something or you've been treated incredibly unfairly and you are just outraged by it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I've lost count of the amount of times when I've walked out of a meeting or, you know, and felt that's it. You know, I can't tolerate this. And, of course, reality kicks in and you sort of simmer down yeah. and get over it. But this guy, he must have been through this kind of thing multiple times in his career, but something about this yeah. took him over the edge and, and he took the action, which to me sort of, I mean, if, if it's some sort of politically motivated misogyny or whatever, I don't know, then it's a, it's a hell of a big personal thing to have done. Yeah, well, if you think back, though, over the years at the Home Office and the civil servants who have been the mainstay of that particular organisation, not the individual Home Secretaries, and there's been a lot of Home Secretaries over the years because it's such a hard job to do, not least because of the people presumably who you have to work with. And if you think of any area of the Home Office's uh, situation, it's all crap. You know, immigration, useless. Prisons, hopeless. The police, bonkersly bad, right? You know, everything that they touch seems to turn to crap. Yeah, well, I mean, but that is because um, 
they've got very difficult checks and ba- balances and decisions to be made. But, I mean, one question I'd ask you, Mike, is where the hell is Priti Patel? I've seen her on one or two of these briefing things. Yeah. You know, she made a mug of herself on, on one of those briefings. I thought she was great. Yeah, but she couldn't even read out the numbers properly. Yeah, but, but you any- know, people pick on her for that. If you did that to Diane Abbott, you'd be slaughtered. Yeah, you would, but you would be, so you can't. So, but, but so, anyway, so, you know, but people did, though. People were, like, you know, passing yeah. it on Twitter, on Twitter. Oh, look, she can't even say the number. We've Listen, yeah. I talk for a living, and I, and I mess something up pretty much every single day. Yeah, but, but aside from that, you just listed three areas, was it? The police? The police, immigration. immigration. Well, no, funnily enough, the police now, believe it or not, have suddenly found a load of police officers who couldn't patrol the streets before, yeah. who can now patrol people uh, jogging and sitting on park benches and tell yeah. them to go home. But they couldn't yeah. They couldn't find them when they needed to stop the knife crime. My point, Mike, is that she is in charge of all that. Yeah. And I haven't, unless I've missed it, and I apologise to everybody in her, especially if I've missed this, I have not seen our Home Secretary take charge of anything. No. Visibly. I've seen Matt, Matt Hancock, loads of him. I've seen yeah. Boris until he went off sick. but And I've seen Dominic Rabb. But I haven't seen our Home Secretary... No. Up front. Yeah, no, I find that quite strange. I mean, she's given one interview, and she gave it to Dan Wharton at Talk Radio. Um, She's done one appearance, as you say, which she was roundly criticised for, um, for being heartless, apparently. I think the trouble Mm. with her is that they don't want to put her up there too many times because she'd probably snap at the journos because I think that's I think that's her uh, her metier. I think that's her her mo is to be is to is to put up with no crap. Yeah, well, I mean, does it? Again, that it all comes back full circle to this uh, civil servant then, mm. and maybe, maybe snapping is her game, and maybe, you know, it's one man's firm, decisive leadership, no bullshit leadership, and yeah. it's another man's bullying. I know? wonder so, whether, as well, because as a woman, she's held up to a different standard, you know. Almost certainly, and this is where I mean, and as a, as an Asian woman as well, you know, she's got double. Uh, she's got uh, the element of having of, of, of fighting racist stereotypes, but also female stereotypes. And I'm sure you're right. I'm sure there are people that are sitting there thinking, "What's this little woman talking to yeah. me like that for?" So oh, listen, that- you can tell by the way that guy gave his press conference that he is a pompous little shit. So that's my view. And I think what? that he I'm would. Just asking, uh, mate, what no. have you got against this guy? What's he done? Well, Has he's he shagged one of your ex-wives. I've only got one ex-wife, and good luck to him if he wants to go down that road. Is what I would say. I just think he's. I think he's. He's typical of what's wrong with the way that this country is run. You know, he sits in an office. Uh, he thinks that he's in charge. He doesn't like being interfered with by the politician who is, in fact, his master. You know, he's uh, got a sense of entitlement up the wazoo. He thinks he's God's gift to administration <laughs> and the running of the country, when, in fact, he's the bloody weak link. I think, mate, uh, with respect, everything you've just said might be true, but I think you are reading an awful lot into a five-minute press conference. He's also represented guy. by the union as well, so that doesn't really please me either. What, you... You know, it's yeah, the best absolutely. union in the it's the best union in the world, isn't it? Where you can earn 175 grand, get an over um, over a million pounds in a pension fund, um, and yeah. off you go uh, to get representation from the union. Well, I mean, honestly, why not? He's got a right to be. I'm sure lots of our listeners are union members. Yeah, of course they are, but they're not. They haven't got a million quid in the bank, and they haven't got 175 thousand pounds coming in every year. And I think he's a disgrace. I really do. And I really, if, if he wins money. You know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna refuse to pay my council tax or something. <laughs> so you're, gonna, you're gonna put out street cleaners out of a job. Do you know? By, by the way, do you know what? I got a bloody a, a tax demand, income tax demand this weekend, yeah. right? Which is yeah. supposed to not be happening, isn't it? 
you know, I, yeah. I, I pay my income tax, generally speaking, um, yeah. in January and in July, right? Now, my, yeah. I was under the impression that we had a holiday from paying it in January, so I was going to pay it in July, right? Yeah, I, I thought that's right, because you're effectively a small business, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, so I pay two <laughs> kinds of tax. I pay my, my personal income tax on my income, but I also pay corporation tax on what the company makes, yeah. right? Now, yeah. um, they've given us a VAT holiday, um, but I'll probably pay the VAT nonetheless. There's no point in run, you know, running it up. But the yeah. personal, um, you know, which is a reasonable amount of money, I thought I'll, yeah. I'll wait until July to pay that because January's yeah. a heavy month for me. But they're charging yeah. me interest on the fact that I haven't paid it. Really? Yeah, which I think is a disgrace as well. Is this your um, Cayman Islands account or your UK Oh, one? if only. If only. Mate, I've got so many people to look after that there's not much left at the end of the month, I can tell you that. You know, my son my son in California is replaced my daughter in Dubai uh, as, oh, the, as the recipient of the care packages now of money because he Isn't got he lost his oh. job, right? And and he's got he's got no there's no furlough available if you, if they basically fire you. And he was working at the skate shop and the scumbags oh. just shut the shop down and said, you know, we're not furloughing you because we're not running the business anymore. Isn't it isn't it weird how you you before you have kids you think that you're hard pushed for time and money yeah. and things to do and then you have kids and you look back and you realise that was your chance that was it <laughs> that's when you should have done all the stuff and now it's too late you're right. going to be paying through the nose and you're never going to have a minute to yourself I know absolutely shocking well to be fair and I do say this Emma's now finally self sufficient and when she comes to see me in London now she's uh, she's able to well, buy she's, me she's able to buy me lunch. Terrific. She is terrific, and absolute credit to you, mate. She is. She is brilliant. Now let's let's talk about the other big story of the week, which is going to be Harry and Meghan again, right? Because oh, uh, you know, God. can you believe what these two are doing? What's like, wrong with these people? I referred to them this morning as the two dunderheads from uh, from California. They're they're holed up in Chateau Marmont. I don't know if you've been out to uh, to, to... in Chateau Marmont. Yeah, yeah, because no. apparently. But I tried to find out how much it costs, right? You can't even find any way of, of booking a room there because the hotel part, I think, is closed. But it's they've also got, like, sort of lodges and, and properties yeah. and stuff, and that's where they are. They, they've got... I think they call them cottages. Yes. And it's on sunset, they're on Sunset, aren't they? It's sunset I think it's right on Sunset, yeah. But um, And it's where uh, John Belushi died, and it's it's like the famous celebrity haunt isn't yeah it? it's been it's been it's been the celebrity haunt since the 40s i think hasn't it yeah yeah but i didn't know that i mean honest to god that is extraordinary i, I must be honest with you you know when piers morgan started really having a, a go at her i my, my simple i thought piers has gone off on one here and he's barking up the wrong tree but the more you see of the way she acts yeah uh I'm I'm with Piers on this. I think she is an absolute nutcase. Oh, she's a horror, absolute horror story. Yeah, I'm just looking I mean, at it now. Chateau Chateau Marmont. It's got hotel, cottages, and bungalows. Yeah, bungalows. That's right. That's that, that's where the big money stay in the bungalows. Yeah, and they're impossible to get unless you're an A-list super. You know, an AAA list superstar. Mm. But Absolutely fancy waking incredible. up one morning and thinking the whole world is dealing with this viral pandemic. And what I'm going to do is send a letter publicly to a load of tabloid editors saying, don't you ever expect cooperation right. from me and Harry. I mean, fancy thinking that that was good timing. How oh, inept can you be? I'm unbelievable. And also, by the way, I don't know. The, I don't remember the last time they actually did cooperate with anybody from a tabloid newspaper, because as no. far as I know, um, Harry has been against tabloid newspapers ever since, you know, his mother died, because he's one of those who thinks that the tabloids killed her. 
hates them. But then you do have to say, you know, I quite, I like, I, I must, I like the cutter Harry's jib in the sense that he, before he met Megan, he seemed to me to be, you know, making a good situation out of what I, I mean. I can't stand the concept of royalty. I think it's, you know. It's anathema to me. I'd mm. be much more of a Republican man myself. But anyway, we've got a monarchy, and Harry seemed to be determined to be useful, you know, and he'd go out and join the army, did all this hard work, mental right. health stuff, and the, and the uh, games that he set up. The Invictus for, Games, yeah. Invictus Games, you know, great stuff. Good, good for you, mate. And then he seems to fall under Meghan's spell, yeah. and I know I'm categorising this in a in an awful, probably a very sexist way, but... No, well, no, I don't think you've said anything that's not true so far. Yeah, he's fallen under a spell, and it looks like he is having a sort of private breakdown now. I yeah. mean, he's... The other stuff that's coming out is the letters from Megan to her dad. Right. And... Because that court case is, is up and running. Well, I think it starts this week, doesn't it? Which is rather coincidental, right. given that she said, we're not going to talk to the tabloids. Well, I'm afraid you're going to have to, because it's going to go on in yeah. court. Well, there's stuff like one letter that was quoted on the news is Harry writing to uh, Meghan's dad saying, if you love Meghan, call me. You know, we've got to sort this out. I mean, it's the kind... Can you imagine emailing your father-in-law saying, trying to sort this out before you get married? It's absolutely berserk. But the thing, point I was going to make was, which is against Harry, is if he hates the tabloid press as much as he does... Why did he do so much with the tabloid press before today? You yeah. Know, he, he was an absolute star when it came to doing things, and he did the sort of minefield uh, um, replica. Uh, yeah, but he wasn't really doing... But, he, but this is all about their control, isn't it? I mean, he wasn't really doing that for the tabloids. He was just doing it yeah. for the media. And I think I what, they've, so. what they've decided now is that they're going to try and sort of block the tabloids out of everything that they do. But, of course, they can't do that because, in fact, we... Uh, as former tabloid newspaper people, we we'll tell you what we're doing. You can't tell us. Yeah. You know. I mean, honestly, talk about a red drag to a bull. I mean, if I was a, if I was the editor of the Daily Mail tomorrow, mm. I would be right. You know, prepare the ten-part series on, you know, the secret life of Harry and Meghan. Yeah. Everything you never knew. You know. Or, or even you worse than that, you know, how Meghan ruined the royal family or something. Yeah. Yeah. I you mean. Know? It, it, it seems utterly futile, and there's no upside to them for them at all. No, no upside at all. Because and also, just, she's left so many people for dead, right? In terms of yeah. uh, you know ghosting them, that they'll they'll yeah. all be more than happy to talk. Oh, mate, honestly, you it know? must be coming from her and her PR people. And if I had one bit of advice for Prince Harry, who again, you know, strikes me as a decent enough lad, it would be get that whoever is advising you on mm. PR get them out the bloody house right now. Because the other thing we're hearing this week is that she's doing an interview or has done an interview already with Good Morning America, uh, which will air at some point soon as well. And you might argue that all of this is around this court case because maybe they're trying to strategize their PR and they're trying right. to make out that, you know, we're so upset by this intrusion um, that we've yeah. had to ban any kind of contact with them and then that will play well in the court. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there must be a strategy beneath it all, but I'm missing it, whatever it is. And I, it, it's just the timing of it is just so, so yeah. bad. I know. That, oh, God. It, it's really awful. And the fact that, you know, they then, amazingly, they go out in the street and get spotted by a photographer who just happens yeah. to, to, to chance upon them walking around yeah. wearing a mask. I mean, you know, I mean, I've, I've, turned, I've turned it into a home industry now, impersonating her. People love it, yeah. you know. <laughs> 
I mean, people... it's, well, I'm glad you clarified who it was you're impersonating. <laughs> I think, I mean, I love the content, but if you haven't listened to Mike Graham's impersonation of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, <laughs> please find a clip somewhere. Uh. And then, you know, it's, it, he's from Wolverhampton and she is from somewhere south of Cape Town. I have no <laughs> idea what the accent is. Well, the funny thing is, though, because not that many people have heard her speak, even though she's an actress, nobody's actually seen her in anything, right? So people are now <laughs> saying to me, Whenever we see her, we just imagine that's how she sounds, you know, because <laughs> because nobody really knows, and it's really funny. Really, and I think, really... and I mean, they are opening themselves up to being the sort of the the uh, the, the couple that have the most piss taken out of them by every comedian yeah. on the planet because they're so ridiculously kind of woke and pompous. And also the bit where Harry was begging, um, oh, the Bob Disney I, thing. I, oh God, for for a bit of voiceover work. That is. That, I think, for a lot of people, that must have been a moment when they thought, oh, you overprivileged twat. I know. You know, I mean, honestly, talk about a sense of of, of abuse of privilege and yeah. position. You know, literally in a lineup asking for uh, the head of Disney for some yeah. voiceover. Well, that was the other thing. Just at the beginning, even before they issued this dictum to all the tabloid press, he actually had the nerve to go on some podcast or other that he was being interviewed on and say that yeah. basically that the media was over-egging the problem with um, with the coronavirus in Britain and it actually wasn't as bad as people were making out. I mean, really? really? I missed that. Yeah, wow. it's in the papers wow. today. You know, wow. and he's getting he's actually getting slagged off by a guy that we get on the show quite a lot, Dr. Carroll, uh, whose last name escapes me, but he's a sort of one yeah. of the guys who's... He formed a World Health Organization, cancer chief. He talks about coronavirus, he's yeah. a real expert, he's great. He said, you know, this is dangerous talk from somebody like Prince Harry. What does he know yeah. uh, that we don't know, you know? I can't believe there are many people out there who actually take whatever he says seriously no. on, on coronavirus. But that said, you know, he, he, he did a big job and lots of people listened to him about mental health. So you're right, he's in dangerous territory. He really is. So we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But, but I mean, certainly yeah. one thing's for sure. Um, we're not going to stop reading about him anytime soon, are we? Well, I also, mate, the, I thought it was very telling that Prince Philip came out an hour after the, or a couple of hours after yeah. the, all, all their little uh, press statements. And Philip hasn't been heard of for you no. know, months and months and months since he retired. And he chose that moment, Prince Philip, to issue a statement about the, uh, you know, how grateful he is. The health workers, workers, yeah. I couldn't help but think that the timing of that was linked to this. And that yeah. there was a little bit of rebuke there, you know. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. So how's the, how's the last week been since I spoke to you? What have well, you seen? Uh, what have you been doing? I'm getting, I mean, the one, I just said to my wife this morning, thank God the weather's been good. Because, yeah. you know, imagine if it was pouring down and cold, you know, mm. and miserable weather. But And, it, cause it's, and also it was dark at sort of four o'clock. That's right, that's right. But I do think that, I mean, I'm certainly fed up with this now. And I think domestically, I think it, it, it things start to fray a little bit after a while. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that maybe voices are getting raised a little bit more often than they were normally. And, and I think there does come a point where you've had enough of each other's company for yes. a while. I think my vision is that in about six months, we, it's going to be like, what was that film with uh, Harrison Ford? Um, Witness oh, yeah. with the Amish community. Yeah, I remember that. You know, we'll all be driving around in ponies and traps and stuff. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I, I had to break up a, a big row... Um, down in Sussex, where I would normally be, um, because they'd all had a sort of massive shouting match because, you know, yeah. something had happened which was relatively minor, 
But you know, yeah. I had to I had to organise a sort of family meeting and have them all sit down um, oh, and dear. talk through. You know, I mean, there I'm now the kind of uh, the wise problem solving guy. But I know for a fact, if I was there with them, I'd have been shouted at them as well. You know. So that's my problem. I mean, we've had a few major kind of shouting matches. Yeah. God knows what these gentrified Norfolk folk think is the um, the Islington crowd when they really <laughs> let rip. Also, you it. guys, I mean, you say you're the Islington crowd, but, you know, your wife has got quite a strong Glasgow accent. Yeah. Um, or a Some, Scottish yeah. accent, anyway. Um, and you've got a bit of a Liverpudlian accent, so you don't sound yeah. like you're from Islington. I bet it gets a bit, uh, bit blary. <laughs> when it goes off, it goes off. <laughs> but the good thing about people like me and, and uh, my wife and our families. It's all over after about five minutes. Yeah, that's me as well. Well, I knew that I was being a bit too forceful because whenever, and we're doing it on FaceTime, right? Um, Whenever the dog gets a bit nervous because I'm raising my voice, he just gets up and walks out the room. So when I started going at them, the dog got up and started walking out the room because he just doesn't like it. It's really funny with dogs, you know? Oh, no. Well, we've got a five-year-old who, the 14-year-old is taught to swear. Oh, great. Yes, but he so and he doesn't know how bad it is, so he thinks it's all very funny when he's in the garden shouting "Go f yourself" to right. me and all of this business. Hey. But the neighbours must honestly. The, I'm gonna I'm gonna now start saying he's got Tourette's, even though he hasn't. <laughs> but it's the only way I can explain it. Oh, I know. It's it's funny, isn't it? Because also, um, I suppose you're noticing that your neighbours are closer to you and there all the time as well. Because normally speaking, yeah. presumably when you're up there. There is maybe the neighbours aren't there; they're away or something like that. But, yeah, but yeah, now yeah. everybody's next door. You know, I mean, I in my flat in London, you know, I've got two families either side of me, and I don't see them really because I. But I hear them, and they've got one of them's got a kid, and he's quite noisy, and he run, he comes out of his front door and he runs across the runs up and down outside my front door, you know, right. which I which I can't really object to. Um, but he's yeah. quite noisy when he does it, and I'm just like, God, stop that, will you? But I mean, at the yeah. moment, I haven't done anything or said anything to him, you know. Well, I, I think we've got to, as adults, we've got to understand that kids, this must be, if, it, if it's boring for us, imagine what it's like being a seven or an eight-year-old, yeah. you know, who's used to running around playing football. Well, exactly right. And now that they're talking about maybe reopening the schools, you know, it starts to get interesting because my older kid, who's 15, um, he actually said to me, um, I'm not sure I want to go back to school because basically, as far as he's concerned, it's finished. You know, he's going to college for his sixth, you know, because they don't have a sixth form. So he's already got his application into a college, right? And he said, you know, if they reopen the school, we were only doing revising for our GCSEs anyway. There's no lessons. Um, what would be the point of me going back? He said, I don't want to. And he actually said the words, which really made me quite upset, really. He just said, I don't see the point of anything, you know? Yeah, oh, my God. You know? And you just that think... And, and, you know, I've been talking to him since then, and, he's, and he was obviously just in a bad mood because this was the day that we'd had the, uh, that they'd had the big row, you know? Um, yeah. And so he's not, I don't think um, he's, he's suffering too badly, but he's just having a down day, which we've all had. I mean, I was telling you, I think, yeah. last week, I had a kind of couple of down days at the weekend. Yeah. Honestly, well, mate, honestly, I've got massive sympathy for you, for you and your situation because being apart from your family at a time like this must mm. be very, very tough, you know. It is tough. And most of the time I'm fine, but, you know, there's yeah. some little thing will just set me off, you know. And I'll watch a yeah. movie. You know, I was watching yeah. Brassed Off the other night, which is one of my favourite yeah. films. I burst yeah. into tears at the end. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, and I'm just going, well, I'm just yeah. in a very vulnerable situation, and I, and I sort of am, you know. 
I get it. I get it completely. Yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be out of it soon. Yeah. Maybe can't you, can't you get yourself back down? Are you still doing the show from? The, I'm, well, uh, I'm still doing the show from. See, they I, they want me to do the show from the building because that's how we do the live streams and everything, and that's going so well at the moment that it's like we're yeah. we're, we're literally three hundred percent up on on about a month ago, um, Amazing. on on YouTube, and so I can't do that from home. Um, yeah. And my worry is if I go to, to, to Sussex that I won't be able to get back it, back up to London for some reason. And it's technically, it's it's too far to go, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm just hoping that maybe in a couple of weeks' time um, they'll, have yeah. a, they'll have a rethink about, you know, lifting some things, you know? Um, and maybe I can get down there. I hope so. It's fascinating what the long-term sort of cultural consequences are going to be. The yes. stuff that we're not really thinking about now, you know, and... How we'll, how we'll all be a bit different after this. Well, I think I've already said to a couple of my friends who I've had more conversations with in the past sort of three weeks than I've, than I've had for months, um, I think we'll all appreciate each other's company a bit more. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think we probably will, you know, have more conversations over over Zoom and yeah. whatever it might be, you know. So maybe maybe that, that that'll be a positive yeah, I mean, certainly I can't complain about the num- the amount of contact I've got with my children. I'm certainly talking to them more than I did when I was going to Sussex. Because if I went to Sussex every Friday, I sometimes yeah. wouldn't talk to them more than once yeah. a week before that. Whereas now I'm talking to them every day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, I'm, I'm amazed you can fit any family time in amongst all the podcasts that you're doing. Well, do you know what? <laughs> I'm doing another one. I'm going to do another one because I was listening to Kevin O'Sullivan uh, on Saturday, who's got his own show now. Um, and yeah. he's and he's kicked it off in some way. He had Piers Morgan the first week. This week he had Ricky Gervais on, right? Um, it was a brilliant interview as well. It was really good. Dogs. Talking yeah. about dogs. So I had this idea that we should do a podcast about dogs. As you know, Kevin's got his mad, crazy dog yeah. called Chasbo. I've got a dog yeah. called Ziggy. You know, and yeah. we haven't quite worked out what we're going to do yet. But I just Great think, idea. you know, might as well might as well just keep going. You know. Great idea. But you'll always you'll be like you'll always be my number one, Matt. You're like a Hollywood studio of podcasts. Well, this is what I'm trying to do. And, they, you know, they won't all be, you know, going for the long haul. But the kitchen, the the cooking one's going really well, you know. Mate, I saw the the rankings. You were beating Jamie Oliver, weren't you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in the top ten the first week I was in. And it's settled down around about sort of 15 or something. Fantastic. Well, I've got a... uh, a loaf of sourdough bread because mm. I couldn't buy any yeast anywhere. Right. So we did this sourdough starter thing. I don't know if people have done it, but um, you can bake bread obviously without yeast, and yes. it's fantastic. So well, I apparently, do, well, that's that's really good. I love sourdough bread because the thing is, yeah. right? I've I was able to get flour for the first time this weekend um, because yeah. flour is apparently a year's worth of flour was bought up in in yeah. February alone. <laughs> me by, by me. Yes. <laughs> And how are, how are things at work? How how's the because uh, I mean we keep hearing that uh, that sales are down, that news, newspapers are in trouble. Well, it doesn't get any easier. We're all trying to focus on the positives, which is that we you know we've found new ways of working remotely. So I quite like the idea of journalists being out in the community. Yes. Uh, so you know, I, I, it's strange how journalism's become a bit of a desk job in in recent years, yeah. and I think. What this has proven to us is that, you know, you don't have to be anywhere near an office. You can be out there talking to people. And also the idea that journalism, local journalism, certainly should be a constructive thing. You know, Mm. you should be trying to help the community, not just sort of 
observing the community. So, so they're positives, but I, I won't lie to you. It's very, very difficult. Mm. Um, and our commercial guys uh, are working their socks off to keep us afloat. But, you know, they're making some progress, but it's tough, mate. Oh, it really is absolutely right. I mean, fortunately, radio is is expanding because it's it's not yeah. it's it's it doesn't cost us any more money to do, and we you know you deliver it to people's ears, so it's not like there's a physical yeah. thing going on. But I mean, I think we're going to certainly learn at the end of all of this that the, the, the sort of negative press coverage that's been going on and the kind of ridiculous questions at these briefings that's all going to have to end because you know yeah. I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't hold people to account for what they do, but you know they're doing it wrong. Yeah, I think that's right. It's become a bit of a game, hasn't it? Yeah. Trying to catch people out. Mm. Shocking. Anyway, we've come to the end of another marvellous podcast, so uh, keep well and say hi to everybody. Um, And and all of our listeners, keep well as best you can and try not to get get it down so much, you know? Yeah, exactly right. Okay, mate, I'll talk to you next week. Take care, guys. Thanks, mate. I'm now the kind of uh, the wise problem-solving guy, but I know for a fact if I was there with them, I'd have been shouted at them as well, you know? So that's my problem. I mean, we've had a few major kind of shouting matches. Yeah. Who knows what these gentrified Norfolk folk think of the, um, the Islington crowd when they really <laughs> left grip. Also, <laughs> you guys, I mean, you say you're the Islington crowd, but, you know, your wife has got quite a strong Glasgow accent. Yeah. Um, or a I'm Scottish scared. accent, anyway. Um, and you've got a bit of a Liverpudlian accent, so you don't sound yeah. like you're from Islington. I bet it gets a bit, uh, bit blary. <laughs> when it goes <laughs> off, it goes off. <laughs> but the good thing about people like me and, and uh, my wife and our family is it's all over after about five minutes. Yeah, that's me as well. Well, I knew that I was being a bit too forceful because whenever, and we're doing it on FaceTime, right? Um, whenever the dog gets a bit nervous because I'm raising my voice, he just gets up and walks out the room. So when I started going at them, the dog got up and started walking out the room because he just doesn't like it. I've turned it into a home industry now, impersonating her. People love it, you know. <laughs> I mean, people... well, I'm glad you clarified who it was you're impersonating. <laughs> I think, I mean, I love the content, but if you haven't listened to Mike Graham's impersonation of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, <laughs> please find a clip somewhere. Uh, and then, you know, it, it, he's from Wolverhampton and she is from somewhere south of Cape Town. I have no <laughs> idea what the accent is. Well, the funny is. thing is, though, because not that many people have heard her speak, even though she's an actress, nobody's actually seen her in anything, right? So people are now saying to me, Whenever we see her, we just imagine that's how she sounds, you know, because <laughs> because nobody really knows. Listen, you can tell by the way that guy gave his press conference that he is a pompous little shit. So that's my view, and I think what, that he what would. And, what no, have you got against this guy? What's he done? Well, has he's, he shagged one of your ex-wives. I've only got one ex-wife, and good luck to him if he wants to go down that road. Is what I would say.